Good morning, this is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the One who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, today is Trinity Sunday. The Church celebrates this great feast of God, who is three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. Now, this feast day has been known for many years as the Preacher's Nightmare. What can you say about the Trinity? In fact, when I was growing up, I remember year after year, preachers saying, well, it's Trinity Sunday. I should talk about the Trinity, but what can I say? It's just a great mystery. And then they would move on to something else. I think for too long, we've seen the Trinity as simply a conundrum. It's simply a, a puzzle, a sort of Rubik's Cube that theologians worry about or they bother their heads over, but doesn't have much to do with ordinary Christian life. Many years ago, I heard a homily from a bishop, and the bishop said, you know, I don't really care if you know much about the Trinity. What I care about is if you love your neighbor. Now, as I hope to make clear in the course of this homily, that's not a very helpful distinction. In fact, I'm going to claim the one follows directly from the other. The Trinity is not just a puzzle, a conundrum. The Trinity is the heart of the Christian faith. In many ways, it's the summary statement of what we believe as Christians. One of my favorite theologians is Stanley Hauerwas. Hauerwas says this, When someone says to you, God bless you, or God be with you, the proper response is, which one are you talking about? There are a lot of gods over the centuries, God has been understood in all kinds of ways. Christians don't just believe in God. Christians believe in God, who is a trinity of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that makes all the difference. It names the unique conception of God that we have. Notice, too, something which is very simple, but I think often overlooked. Whenever we pray and we make the sign of the cross, we are invoking the Trinity. This is not just an abstract theological problem. Every time we pray and every time we make that evocative gesture, we call on the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. How about this from G.K. Chesterton, who's one of my favorite writers. Chesterton said, now many years ago, everybody loves the statement, God is love. Everyone's at home with that. That's beautiful. But most of us are uneasy with the claim that God is a trinity of persons. That just seems odd and medieval and puzzling. Chesterton said, in fact, they are simply different ways of saying the same thing. Look, if you say that God is love, you're not saying that God has love. Love is something God does from time to time. Love is an attribute of God. That's not what you're saying. You're saying that the very being of God is love. God is a verb, not a noun. God's an action more than a thing. Well, now look, if he is love, 
then within his own being there must be a lover, a beloved, and the love they share. God is love. That statement flows from, and that statement implies, the trinity of persons. Lover, beloved, the love that they share. Let me try some other images with you to illumine this great mystery. Here's the way St. Augustine presented it to us. He said, from all eternity, God knows himself. Think for a minute, we all know ourselves to some degree. We can interrogate ourselves or, or talk to ourselves or we, we look at our own lives. Now when we do that, there's a kind of split. There's the eye who knows, the eye who looks and analyzes. Then there's the eye who is known, who is analyzed, who is looked at. Not two persons, not two different things, but yet a distinction between knower and known. Now, in God, does God have the capacity to know himself? Well, yes, God's perfect and God is intelligent. More to the point, because he's perfect, his act of self-knowing is perfect. The image that God knows of himself is an utterly perfect replica. Who's the knower? That's the father. Who's the known? That's the son. The Bible says that the son is the image or the word of the father. That's what Augustine now is trying to illumine. The father knows from the beginning, from all eternity. God knows himself. The knower is the father. The known is the son. Now, when the father and son look at each other, what do they see? Well, they see the height of perfection, beauty, truth, goodness, eternity, power. They see in each other all of the perfection of deity. And therefore, what do they do automatically? They fall in love with each other. The father forgets himself in love for the son. The son looks back at the father and forgets himself in love for the father. And in that great act, they give rise to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the love between the Father and the Son. Fulton Sheen's got a lovely image for this. He says, the Father from all eternity looks at the Son. The Son from all eternity looks back at the Father. And then the two of them together go, ah, that sigh, that breath, is the spiritus sanctus. That's the holy breath, or the holy sigh of love between the Father and the Son. Now, Christians, this is what we hold God to be. Not so much a thing, but a communio, a family of persons. God is love. How about this from St. Bernard? Maybe Fulton Sheen was relying to some degree on this image. Bernard says, The father is the kisser, the son is the kissed, and the spirit is the kiss that the two of them share. 
the embracer, the embraced, and the embrace. Our God is a dynamo of activity. God is like a gyroscope of energy. That's the Trinity. Now notice something, please. All of this is the language of love. All of Trinitarian thought comes from that claim in the Bible that God is love. Look at most of the gods and goddesses of classical mythology, or even the gods of classical philosophy. What do you find? What makes them divine is their capacity to hang on to their privileges and prerogatives and power. They hoard up for themselves power and energy and perfection. What's the true God like? The true God is a communio of love. The Father doesn't cling to himself. That's what makes him the Father. The Son doesn't cling to himself, but empties himself looking back at the Father in love. The Spirit is the mutual self-forgetting of the Father and the Son. What we say about the true God is he's not an image of the sinful world. We like to hoard things for ourselves. We like to aggrandize our own egos. That's not true of the God who is a trinity of persons. The true God lets go of himself in love. Here's a little technical language. I teach a course up here in the Trinity. So I teach our students at Mundelein the technical language of this Trinitarian faith. We say that the Father actively generates the Son. That means the Father gives rise to the Son. The Son is passively generated by the Father. He allows himself to come into being. Then we say the Father and Son together in their mutual love they spirate the spirit. Isn't that lovely? Spirare just means to breathe out. They actively spirate the spirit. And the spirit is passively spirated by the Father and Son. He's breathed out by the Father and Son. Now, what I love about that language, though it sounds very technical and very abstract, it really isn't. It means that in God, there's a wonderful play of activity and passivity of giving and taking, of breathing in and breathing out. God is like a heart. You know, if the heart did nothing but send blood out, well, it's dry up. If the heart did nothing but, but take blood in, it would explode. What makes the heart lively and vibrant is that it's a play of giving and taking. Imagine the lungs that did nothing but take air in or did nothing but give air out, well, they'd cease to be. The lungs are these rhythm of giving and taking. Now, think of a relationship. Two people. One of them simply dominates the other. Takes, takes, takes. Well, that relationship is, is doomed to failure. Imagine the other person who's nothing but passive. Gives, 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 gives. Nothing but acquiescent. Well, that's not going to last either. What makes a relationship healthy? Listen, Christians, what makes it really a relationship of love is precisely this rhythm of giving and taking, of breathing in and breathing out. God is love. That's what God is. And we see this now in the rhythm between the Trinitarian persons. How come we exist... How come there's a world? Not because God needs us, 
again, like those old gods of mythology or philosophy, that God needs the world somehow. Christianity has always denied that. The world exists because God's being is such a white-hot intensity of love that it spills over, as it were, into creation. God makes the world not because he needs it, but because God's love is so rich and it's so hot and it's so intense that it spills over into the world that we know. Therefore, this whole cosmos, everything in it, is made, as Augustine said, in the imago trinitatis. It's made in the image of the Trinity. That means it's made to look like love. You know, it's wonderful in the early church fathers. They say that Jesus came. Now, who's Jesus? Well, not just a, a prophet, not just a great religious teacher, but the second person of the Blessed Trinity. Jesus comes as an emissary from this community of love. What's his purpose? To remake the world which through sin had turned away from the divine love. Jesus comes among us as the representative of the white-hot intensity of the Trinitarian love. His purpose now is to bring this fallen world back into the intensity of the divine life. That's why he told us to love our neighbors. Yes, even to love our enemies. So we might be ethically upright. Not simply that, that we might be trinitized. You know, Christians, the whole purpose of the Christian life is to make us like God. In baptism, we're drawn into God's life. Through all the sacraments, we're, we're incorporated more fully into that life. I tell my students here, every Sunday is Trinity Sunday. Because every Sunday, we celebrate the fact that God is a family of love. And that we, through his grace, have been brought into that family so that we might look like him in love. Friends, can I take just these last few seconds again to make a pitch to you and an appeal? Thank you for all your uh, letters and all the emails. Please check out the website, wordonfire.org. And you can contact me through the website. Or write to me, Father Robert Barron, Mundelein Seminary, Mundelein, Illinois, 60060. Thanks again for all the uh, cards and the emails and so on. And take a look, wordonfire.org. And in the meantime, if you want to celebrate the Trinity, engage this week in an act of love. God bless. I hope that you were moved today by the Word on Fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you.